King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map Ball is life and that's a fact And a ball is life, about that exact King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map There's a time to score and a time to assist Ain't no YN team, let the winning commence From generation to generation, game don't stop The new and old school got the game on lock It's all legendary, it's all necessary We all been all stars before February And after that, King and Gates, after racks But really trying to get some wins, not just padding stats Two basketball lovers through happenstance Built a bond that led to greatness that advanced BTG Nation. Disrespectful for you to say something like that. You're so disrespectful for you to say something like that. That's in response to a lot of these comments we've been getting lately. But you know what it is. Listen, they 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 bridging the gap. They bridging the gap. They they back in action. Back in action. It's been a little while. It's been a little while. Like we said in the last episode, we got motion in real life. Sometimes it's tough to get in here, but we here. Episode ten. Voice damn near gone. <laughs> Recovered from some flus and some other things. Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, man. Why? That's not the reason your voice is messed No, 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 no. That the, the flu and the voice gone, two different things. Cause this is me healthy yeah. sounding like this. Boy is hurting. Boy is hurting. But you know what it is, BTG Nation, Bridging the Gap Podcast, live from Dubai. Hoop Mountain Dubai, Hoop Mountain DXB, Hoop Mountain dot AE. You know where to find us. YouTube, we got things around there, everywhere. Come check in, come tap in. King, OG, how you feeling, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. We yeah. finally recording at a reasonable hour. That's up, that's up to you. People don't know, but we record based on your availability. Come on, here we go. That's facts, man. We got somebody here to see. Based on you, you got the trailblazer vibe going on too. You about to join the staff with Chauncey? Here, here we go. Here we go. Chauncey needs some help. I would join because I need that check. <laughs> but, but, but if I had a check already, I ain't joining. What the hell no, man. Chauncey about to pull out. Well, I'm saying he can't pull out his hair because he already bald. But if he had some hair, he'd be pulling it out right now. Man, he definitely drinking. Yeah, he drinking for sure. They say he don't drink, but he drinking now. You know, drink yourself, man. Yeah. We're a couple of weeks. We were like, we shit, January pretty much done now. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, New Year gone. Yeah. Like, like, how you feeling since we're coming back for vacay a little bit, a little couple of day relaxation? Man. I ain't gonna um, say it was a week, but the season back in. How we looking since we back in full swing? I I was just telling some people out there. I feel like I haven't had a vacation. I need another vacation. Listen, I need a real one. Yeah, like that's a real one, real like, one. Like. I need something where I can completely just shut off from the world for a few days. That's, listen, man, if you have a good nine to five, don't let these social media people or these fake wannabe independent people tell you to go be an entrepreneur because that's the only way to build generational wealth. Listen, this ain't cut out for everybody. It ain't cut out for everybody. Everybody ain't making the same sacrifices. And, you know, sometimes you just got to know when to go ahead and, Take what is guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a big risk, you know, big risk for sure. But you know. but we're here to talk some hoops today. We're here to talk some hoops today. But before we get into the hoops, we gotta get some energy going. We gotta set the tempo. We gotta set the tone. We gotta let everybody know what the energy is about to be like. And I didn't feel like no rap today. 
I ain't feel like no loud music. You know, it's sunny outside. We got the <laughs> palm trees in front of us. It's midday and we in here. So, so King, I wanted to take it back. You know, Lee gave me a whole pack, gave me some energy. And so for without further ado, we're going to get right into this good energy from DJ Lee Bueller. Let's rock it. Let's rock. We will be here forever. Man. Do you understand? Forever. Forever and ever. and ever. They're bridging the gap. They, they will be here. Ready. I don't forever. think you're ready for this. Do you okay. understand that? Get what I'm saying. Forever. Not this one. That one. Oh, yeah, turn the other one on. Sunda. I know the weather been kind of ugly at home, but just imagine you in Dubai with the sun out. Put <laughs> yeah. the top down, maybe open the window. But, but then again, in, in D.C., it was 73 last week. That's crazy. It's back freezing, though. Crazy. Yeah. Shout out to Timbo. That one day was nice. Everybody was sick because of the change of the weather. <laughs> Dude, there was certain ones that was sick that came outside in shorts. You know, the rest of us was bundled up still. Hey, are you really a boy? If you couldn't tell, this is a Timbo. What's your name? Yeah. Huh? Can you treat me good? Something in the water. Something going on around there. I need a Lexus Jeep right now. <laughs> any, any type of Jeep. <laughs> Let's go. Is that your car? The SKA? Are you riding alone? Can I be your date? Come get me. Get me. Don't diss me. Don't diss me. Don't trick me. Got some friends. They really force y'all to be player. Y'all ain't had no choice. <laughs> Let's go. She didn't got serious. It's something about that that Virginia water. Yeah. 
the princess right there. I was looking for affection. Uh-huh. So I decided to go. Swing it in my direction. I'll be out of control. Let's take it to perfection. Just you and me. Listen, they 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 bridging the gap. They bridging the gap. They they I don't know about snipes, but I really used to cherish my night drives. Oh. Like, sometimes I just ride after I got a car wash just to listen to the music. Snipes should enjoy those car rides too. He lives so far out. <laughs> Facts. I live in LA. We got a special guest in the building. We're giving y'all something to ride to. You know you're stuck in traffic on 495. Yeah. Go ahead, Shazam that. I know you don't know what you're listening to. <laughs> Ooh. Listen, they 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 bridging the gap. They bridging the gap. They, they it's just some good energy, man. It's just some good energy. That's what we're here to do is to bring you some energy, bring you a little excitement, and maybe give you a little bit of motivation as you go into the week, man. King, how you feel about that mix right there? What you think we did for the people there? Definitely helped their commute. Yeah, man. And, you know, you driving through traffic and Traffic's always bad, and there's, there's bad drivers on the road, and you, know, you can't always be hyped because that's when you, that's when you get aggressive. So, so sometimes we gotta have some music like this to bring you, bring your temperament down. Many a times that foot done got heavy on that gas, and he didn't even realize it. Yeah, you found yourself leaning a little bit further forward, yeah. bouncing one hand on it, especially if it's a little chilly. You got the hoodie and the jacket on, <laughs> you moving, but but we're not just going to end it there. Let's give it a little word. Since leaving your house and making it back home every single day. You know what I'm saying? Media kid. The most underrated blessings is leaving your house and making it back home every single day. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's an underrated blessing that we just assume it's going to happen. And every single day, cats leave the crib and they don't make it back to their children. They don't make it back to their spouses. But we leave our house every single day. We just assume, like, man, I'm going to make it back. I'll see you later. Right? And it's like, man, who promised you that? The most underrated blessings is leaving you. Well, just a little note, you know, we are coaches. We are in a game of a sport. When these things only have a, a certain lifespan, sometimes we take everything for granted. Or sometimes when we're at the top, we feel like we'll be at the top all the time. It don't work that way. And so that's just a little message. We give you a little vibe, we give you a little message. Now let's go ahead and get into this pot, man. Basketball is crazy, King. I ain't even gonna lie and act like I am enjoying watching this stuff here. <laughs> but let's start off with the big dog, Joel Embiid. The the uh, what's Joel's nickname? He gotta have a nickname by now. I don't I know. Thought he had one. He definitely got some. You know, we call him JoJo, but he got a real nickname. And so uh, Joel Embiid went off for seventy, if I'm not mistaken, seventy points, 
Um, you know, that's the most a sixer player ever scored. He had like 70 and 15. But then that same, like seven days later, right around the corner, Luka Doncic go off a 73. Mm. A 73 that they needed to win as well. <laughs> as well. And then that same week, also in that same time period, Devin Booker had went off a 62. And I believe they had lost that game mm. as well. And then just a couple of days after that, or maybe within <laughs> that same 48-hour time period, Cat went off of 62, mm -hmm. right? And so I've seen a lot of people talking, a lot of older people, a lot of people that's kind of like in the middle, talking about how they're getting kind of bored of watching this. It's not as impressive as what it used to be. And then on the flip side, some people are talking about how the scoring is the offense is at its peak right now, it's the greatest it's ever been. You guys are being haters and stuff, but it ain't. This is a hard to watch type of '60s and '70s. Like, I, it's hard. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure how I can put it in words. Maybe you can, because you've seen more. But this is '70 is impressive. I get it. You know, I've seen a lot of people do it in summer leagues, and that's what it looks like. But it looks like glorified open gym in the NBA right now. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Don't get it twisted. '70 is impressive. Yeah, '60 um, is impressive. But I think with some of the older guys um, might be referring to is that it just doesn't look the same when you're talking about like a guy goes for 60 or 70 and he's getting no double teams. Like that's, Man. you know, so you, so you see that a guy's got a high hand and he's just continuing to cook. And so whoever's on him one-on-one -on -one, based on the rules of today where you can't really <laughs> – you can't really get physical with somebody on the perimeter. And, you know, the offense, the players now, they do have, they do have more offense, yeah. you know, because it's more space. Um, the game is taught differently and um, it's evolved. And so you're, you're pretty much at that player's mercy one-on-one. -on -one. And so when the, the people who have been around the game for many years see somebody score 60 now, compared to somebody scoring 60 back in the day, they're just, maybe they're just not imp as impressed because it's less resistance, yeah. you know, because if you, come on, man, if you make a, a strong move, get by one guy, and then you get a clear path to the basket for a dunk or layup, and nobody's attempting to, to punch yeah. your shit in the third row, or yeah. or maybe even give you a tough, a, a hard foul or something, you know, that, you know, the other guys say, you know, well, yeah, it's a little different, you know, and that's that's it, you know, even some of the, even some of the current players, if you think about it, um, are saying that it's a little soft. Man, like you you hear stories all the time about, matter of fact, Gilbert just talked about how that 60 point game against Kobe, and he said that wasn't even the best game, but he said specifically Kobe wanted you at your very best when he played against you. Yeah. He wanted you to give, he wanted whoever the best defender to be, to be there, giving everything and got to see if I'm really who I say I am. I, that's where I'm having trouble. Like, I know the NBA wanted to clean up the game because they felt like it wasn't moving as smoothly as they would want to as it, so it can be more entertaining. But it's way more entertaining when somebody has to score and has to find a way to score when somebody is scheming or somebody is actually trying to. Like, that's when somebody has to go into a different bag. They have to show a different level of expertise when the whoever's standing in front of them is just as formidable as an opponent. Like, yeah. Well, something else you just said, though. <laughs> you think about when Gilbert talks about his 60 and Kobe wanting 
you to be at your best. So Kobe knows he's got Gilbert coming to town. Mm-hmm. Kobe's going to guard Gilbert. Yes. It ain't no, yeah. it, it ain't no pick and high pick and roll for, for Gil and Kobe switches. Mm-hmm. He's fighting over the top yeah. and he's going to get in front. Yeah. That's just bottom line. And so that's, that's kind of where, you know, a guy like Gil is talking about like the 60s a little different, you know, because now it's a, as soon as there's a little contact, it's a, it's an automatic switch. Automatic switch. Automatic switch. And the bigs are getting, well, you know, they're not really bigs nowadays, like hybrid fours, but they're getting ate up. And, and, oh man. And we often talk about this, right? Because we've had plenty of debates about the fact that the skill level outside of just like the physical tools is not as high as people are saying, right? And people will get in there and tell us that we're haters and whatever else, but I sent you something recently and I'm looking for it right now. Um, it was Antoine Jameson, right? Antoine. Well, even before I get to Antoine Jameson, here we go, right here, Antoine. Jamal Moses is a good friend of mine. I had him in uh, Cleveland. I congratulated when he got the job and he was like, Torn, I'm teaching them how to set a proper screen. And he's not talking about rookie. He's talking about guys that have been in the league for two or three years. And I'm just like, you know, we learned that in college, fundamentals, things of that nature. So High school. the game of basketball has changed. I mean, imagine us playing in, in today's game. And so this is this is just off the heels of Coach Pop having a moment where he discussed the fact that he is at a point where he's teaching the fundamentals right now in the NBA of what somebody that should have learned two years in college if they spent that much time or – if they had a good high school program or maybe they came somewhere, but he has to spend time teaching the fundamentals on everything. So now you talk about what somebody can do to create a little bit of resistance as far as defensively. You know how we said after a certain time, you couldn't have as many plays in high school because the, the IQ was a bit different. Yeah. Imagine trying to throw a couple schemes out to Devin Booker who got hot and you got some guys who you really can't give them more than two or three things to think about on the court because then they're just going to be all over the place. Right. Like, mm. Yeah, it's, that's a tough job, man. Like I said, everybody, you know, that, uh, you know, goes at the coaches all the time and, like, you don't know what goes on in practice. You have no idea. Man, it was practice. And then you got guys like DeAndre Ayton who says he has nothing to prove, King. <laughs> He's you know, got that, nothing to prove in his league, So let's, let's talk about that for a quick second. <laughs> that, that's blatant disrespect to the game, to the fans, because the fans pay good money to come see you play. And for you to say something like that is crazy when you're underperforming right now. He he might gotta give me my money back. Yeah, right. Like that. You know, you that, that one play sums it all up. When he turned the ball over and he didn't get back, and Book was saying, You're not even gonna try to get back. Like that, like Book hustled back. Aiden was supposed to come from the back and mug that shit. Yeah. You know, but yep. he didn't even attempt to move. So it's like, man, like that's the mentality you have. You know, you got your money that you, you know, you you know, you said that um you know, you didn't you didn't vibe well with Monty. He disrespected you. He didn't disrespect you by asking you to play hard. That's crazy. You know, That's your job. You're a, you're an athlete. You know what I think of? Just just because you said that, right? And this is Cronin, old old uh, Cincinnati coach. Is that yep. You see late now? Watch that. For me, it's not a problem for me. I tell guys the truth. Not very popular this era, 
but I don't care. Um, the problem to really give you a truthful answer is they'll be told that uh, I'm the problem from their outer circle and that they're all great players. That, that's what they'll be told. So at, ultimately, you got to recruit guys that are going to do what they need to do to get better and win games like this if you want to be a real program. But in our era of basketball, it's okay to whether you win, lose, or draw. For a lot of people, it doesn't matter. They could care less if we win. It's all about, you know, there's a guy getting his guy stats and things like that. So that's the uh, – but that's the goal of coaching in this era. I mean, you got to overcome it. Man, coaches, coaches got a tough job going forward, man. No doubt. Like, like that's the I've, – I've talked about this prior in prior season, <clears throat> and the game does – has evolved on court. The next stage of that evolution or revolution, whatever we want to call it, is the coaching aspect, right? And so we talked about AAU basketball last episode. We talked about the grassroots stuff and everything. That's because that's what we do, right? And so I've had people talk about, you know, responding. And, of course, they're cheering. Some people are saying, like, there needs to be some type of of governing body to kind of police who comes in and comes out and takes care of the youth basketball sports, right? And I, I don't think some people understand, you talked about this, the effect that USA basketball has on grassroots basketball and what goes on there. But but what does that next space look like for coaching? Because it's, it's kind of like your hands are tied. Like for us here, we kind of operate on our own merit with things. Like it is, it's kind of like what coach was saying there. You either gonna take it or you're not, right? But we got a special set of circumstances. <laughs> well, it, you know what I'm saying? So like, like, what is it, how is a coach gonna be able to, at a gra grassroots, we know in the NBA yeah. and everything, it's about your support from organization. Right. Right, but in the other spots, like, what are you supposed to do? It, it's gonna, it, you see it changing, the, the needle's moving just a little bit now because so many former pro players mm. are coaching, mm -hmm. you know, whether they're coaching their kids or they're just coaching. And they know that to get where they ultimately ended up on the pro level, they had to do certain things. And you see that, you know, their kids are disciplined. You know, you look at Carmelo's son, yep. Gilbert's son, like, you know, even LeBron's son, like, you don't hear two words out of those guys on the court. They just hoop. Scotty Pippen's children. They just hoop. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, those guys are going to have to continue what they're doing and, and get back and talking to the guys. Um, you know, Rip Hamilton does it. Yeah. Um, Ray Allen you know, is coaching his son's team. Right. You know, so they got to get back in the game. You know, Kobe was doing it before, yeah. Yeah. you know, on the girl side. And so those guys have to, you know, get back in place and, and kind of like be leaders for how you know the game is supposed to be played and how it's supposed to be coached because they have how can i say you know they have the ability to capture somebody's mind yeah and and you know and get them to say hey if kobe bryant's saying this rip hamilton saying this carmelo saying this then i need to listen yeah but you know but if you it's but it's hard for the guy who who really loves basketball who knows basketball and but he's never really played at a high level. It's hard for those kids and parents to respect them because we only see 
uh, we only value the people who made it to the pros, yeah. which is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, instead of instead of valuing the person who puts in the time. Yeah. And you know, so that's ironic that you said that, right? There is um, on one of our videos recently got a nice amount of uh, traction. A mother comment. The mother said, "Parents, do your due diligence and do proper resource research." If you're going to play AU, do the proper research to see what resources and expertise this coaching staff organization actually has. Now, what does this mom has? She has three D1 athletes in basketball, one McDonald's All-American, mm. right? Not a huge following and stuff, but we go look at her. All three of her kids are up there. One's going to Alabama, like high-level stuff. It's big time. Right? Big time places. And so... That's the space to where, and I get sent stuff all the time, right? I had a parent sent me something recently. He's not even with our organization yet. We'll see you soon, though. We'll see you <laughs> soon, right? But he sent me something, and it was a guy talking about um, parents and how that's the next that's the next piece of this that we've talked about. We've talked about personal trainers. We've talked about the kids themselves taking accountability. We talked about coaches because we have to take accountability, too. But then parents. Your parents, like adults, period, we mess stuff up for kids because kids don't get to choose anything, right? They just they just got to give what we, they got to take what or, we give Or them. we allow them to choose the wrong thing. Right. There's certain moments where right. a kid can have a chance to choose, but as the, as the adult, you know, the parent, we have to guide them, you know, in terms of making the right decision because they are children. Man. So, so we, we, what is the, we've, we've done it before, but it's never a bad time to repeat certain things, but like, what is the best advice? What are some of these best advice advices you can give to parents? Parents specifically, right? Because like there's different rungs of the ladder, right? Yeah. There are high level kids whose parents may not know what's going on. There's kids who are just at the grassroots, just getting started, and their parent may be competitive in their own right yeah. and may feel like their kid is supposed to be a certain way, right? And then there's there's other parents that just like, hey, I have no idea what this sport stuff is. Right. <laughs> so like, what what? How do we give advice to these parents? The number one thing is, as a parent, depending on, well, no matter what your kid's age is, you need to like that one mom said, you got to research who's coaching your kids. Yes. Um, because you know that's an adult being alone, uh, being with your kid, you know, for a certain period of time each day. And then you have to ask questions with those to those coaches. If you if if you're in the, on the grassroots level, if your coach isn't accessible, then that's probably an issue. It's either an issue maybe that coach is just uh, very standoffish, or maybe that coach is tired of previous parents pestering him. Yeah. So you know, as, as a as a parent, you have to say, okay, let me evaluate the type of system they're running. Um, the coaching credentials, who they're going to be playing, um, how he treats the kids, you know, and what are his expectations for the kids. And then, you know, and then once you decide on a particular coach, give that coach a chance. Let it play out. When it's over, if you don't like it, you know, then you move on to the next one. But if there's issues, don't prolong the problem by staying there and just and just always having something to say or interjecting every time your kid is in the game yeah. and you have something to say. So now now the kid is looking right at the coach and then he's got to look left at you. 
Yep. And that's and that's going to make things worse so because, um, you know, because who's who has the most influence? The parents. Yeah. And so, you know, on the grassroots level, we get it all the time. We can't coach your kids to be successful if they don't know who to listen to during the game. Yeah. Before yeah. the game, listen to your parents. After the game, listen to your parents. During the game, you got to listen to your coach. If you can't listen to your coach during the game and you're still allowed to play, that's probably not the program that's yeah. best designed for your yeah. kid. Yeah. But, you know, if it's a coach that allows the parents to have that much influence, then how can he or she do their job, you know? Yeah, and, and as parents too, you can't react out of emotion, right? You gotta also be able, because <clears throat> asking questions is a good thing, but it's about when you ask those questions. Yeah. And then also you gotta know what type of, like what are the right questions to answer, right? Yeah. And you can't ask questions if you're not present, there's certain things you can't talk, well, I can't say that. You can't ask questions, but you have to keep in contact the fact that, hey, if you've never been to a practice, if you've never seen what this kid does or what your kid does in practice to have this going on, then the type of question you have to ask has to be a little bit different. Yeah. And then maybe you have to take some time to go be there and be present right. because if it's a good program, there's a reason for everything. Right, and so and that's yeah, a high level yeah. situation too. Yeah, and, and come to the realization of this, there comes a certain time in, in your kid's life where it's no longer a pay for play situation. Yeah. You know, once well, you- What is that? Pay for play, you know, where you pay a certain amount of money to be on a team. Um, there's really no, really no tryouts, you know, first come, you know, first serve and, yeah. and you know, you're guaranteed to play 10 minutes a game. Yeah. Everybody's gonna play equally. No, if you're on a if you're on a team where you have to try out and your team is selected, just because your kid is selected doesn't mean he or she is guaranteed to play that game. Yeah. You have to earn it, yeah. just like you earned it as a you know making the tryouts. Now you have to earn playing time, you know. And then once you get that playing time, you got to work hard to maintain that playing time. A question for you, right? <clears throat> what should a parent kid, what should they expect from a program where you're going to get coached hard? Tough love. Right. But like, but like what is, we got to kind of spell that stuff out a little bit though. Cause that's another thing too, is <clears throat> some people, a lot of people, especially here where we at, nobody has been in the environments that we're creating for these kids. Right. right? right. And nobody has seen, nobody knows what the inner makings look like before somebody gets to a successful program. Right. Right. And so what is, what is, what is a great program with a great coach look like? Like, what does that look like on side day to day? Okay. You know, and we won't say, we won't say a great coach. We'll say great effort by a coach. Yeah. Great yeah. effort. That's what yeah. we want. Cause no, you know, of course we all make mistakes, but, consistency in the discipline and the accountability and the teaching. Mm -hmm. That's all, that's it, man. If, if it's a program where your kid kind of, if your kid comes back every day from practice and they absolutely are, are happy, that's probably not a good place. Mm -hmm. When we say that we, we don't want, we don't mean, we don't want the kids to be happy and have not to have fun. We're talking about there's got to be some challenging moments for those players where they have to overcome something, mm -hmm. whether individually or as a group. And so it's got to be tough on them at certain times. You know, of course, you know, it's got to be a situation where 
Every single time they come to practice, they know what to expect. You you know what to expect. And you know that coach is going to be tough on you if you're not doing certain things to the best of your ability. Right. But at the at the end of practice, that coach holds no ill will towards you. Exactly. The same. That coach still cares for you, looks out for you, and is involved in your life outside of basketball after practice. Mm-hmm. But in between those lines, it's business. And and I'll add to that transparency. Yep. Because if 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 you are genuine, right? Because you great coach really just makes you a great person because you care about you have proper intentions about helping somebody, yep. right? And so if, if my intentions are pure and it's clear what it is I want, I have no problem telling you why at this point, at this point right here, you're doing push-ups, or why at this point right here you're not playing, or this or that, because for a specific reason, and I need to see you improve here in your habits to get there. And there's a reason why. Right. Yep. And so transparency and even as a player, that's the number one thing you want. I can I can play for any coach just telling me like exactly what it is like that's that's no problem. So now I know, like you said, what to expect as soon as I walk into the gym. Yep. And so you know, we just had the um, the state championship team that did um, a podcast it was like eight or nine of them and Coach Thomas. And you didn't get on. I did not. It was four in the morning. I couldn't do it. You didn't get on either. I'm not supposed to get on. Yes, you are. They asked for you too. I'm an assistant coach. Man, they asked for everybody. Listen. But either way, because you're going to try to spin the story a little bit. But everybody, I saw a few clips. Everybody talked about how honest Coach Thomas was. Yep. And it wasn't just Coach Thomas. Coach Jones, Coach Hines, Coach King, Coach Hay. Everybody from top to bottom, McKeg, who else? Who was our um, – uh, uh, when we when you uh, when we want to say Donnelly, Donnelly, yep, Donnelly, everybody from top to bottom, even our dad on principles, right? Like everybody in the whole organization, right? This make it seem like an organization was transparent. Yep, we knew exactly what it was. The whole community knew exactly what it was, and whether they liked it or not, oh, so be it. When we showed up to Coach Thomas's games and practices, we showed up to Coach King's games and practices. You knew exactly what it was going to look like. And if you don't have those moments, that's when you get issues with culture and yep. consistency and wins and people not knowing their role and this and that. And now you leave it up for everybody else to speculate what they think they should be doing. Yep. Because you didn't tell them, now this is what you're going to do. Right. And this is what you can work towards. Right. Yep. And so, um, but we, like we said, we talk about it extensively, King. We talk about youth basketball and, and like, what we see for going forward, because we do BGL, Big Game Developmental League, uh, when we're in season four, I think it is. I think so. Season four or so. so. Yeah. Moving, along, moving along nicely, a lot of kids growing, but rules are constantly changing, which is why, which is a good thing, because we're trying to adapt it as best as possible so everybody can get the proper learning environment. For the right? players, yeah. For the players, right? But what do you think about um, about this right here? 
so. Because I think you have to learn man-to-man concepts. There's a difference to me between developing kids and their understanding of basketball and trying to win games as nine and 10-year-olds. Two are not the same. Nine and 10-year-olds, generally speaking, the majority of them can't pass the ball more than 10 to 15 feet unless they get a running start or they throw a one-handed football type pass. Most of them can't shoot three-pointers with any level of efficiency. Running a zone, it's a cheat code. It's a means to stay in ball games and try to win because you're too lazy to teach man-to-man concepts, right? At this age, certainly by the time the kids are 12, 13 years old, you should be introducing zone concepts. You need to be able to break a zone. You need to be able to learn how to play zone, all that stuff. It's the same thing like we have rules around pressing where like Mm. each tournament we go to within our city league, I think. Yeah, they each zone because I think you zone concepts. You need to be able to My break bad. a zone. You need to be able to learn bad. how to play zone. All that stuff. It's the same thing like we have rules around pressing where like mm. each tournament we go to within our city league, I think it's last two minutes or last three minutes, you can press. But there are certainly teams in America at nine years old, eight years old that are allowed to press all game. What is the point of that? How are you helping these kids understand how to play basketball? No, man. <laughs> man, that is, man. I, go, go ahead. I knew you was going. I knew you were going. Listen, I saw the smile coming listen, through. That, man, played. that is that's crazy because, you know, those are some of the issues we have with um, certain people um, in terms of abiding by the rules of our league. You know, because mm-hmm. um, you know we're you know we're one of the founders of the league, and um, you know, even. 12U, yep. 10U, and we're going to add 8U um, eventually. Yes, it should be man to man. Yep. So you can teach the kids how to play the game. So what's, what's that T word there? Teach. <laughs> teach. And it's not just about how to play defense, but when you're teaching man to man, you're ultimately teaching your kids how to play against the defense. Yep. So you're teaching them offensive concepts as well. But if you're if you're just in a zone, I mean, what is the kid doing? He's like JJ said, you're standing in one spot, you know, you're you're forcing the other team to pass basically in the double coverage because you're in a zone. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got your hands up, so you're closing gaps. You got you're forcing kids to shoot further from the basket than they're comfortable with. You're forcing kids to try to drive through double coverage, basically, sometimes triple coverage, depending on which zone you're playing. And you're not teaching them just how to, how can I say? Read. Read and react the right way. You know, that's offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't help the game. You know, I told our kids just the other day, and, and Snipes was, um, I think he was recording. I told our 14U and the 16U the week before. I told them, I said, why do we play zone sometimes? And they, you know, just because it's one of our defensive coaches, I said, we only do it to win the game. Mm-hmm. We only do it to win the game. You know, and we and when we do it, we do a matchup zone, yeah. which really isn't like the like two, a two-three three. where we're just sitting there in one spot, you know, ah, you know, they come in my area, I play defense. No, we we get after the ball if it's in our area and everybody else is shifting, and it's almost like almost like shell drill. Yeah. And so I say you your high school coaches, college coaches, even on the pro level. You play zone because, one, you may be in foul trouble. Two, you may say the other team can't shoot at all. Yeah. So shoot from – we chunk it from outside. We don't care. You know, and three, 
maybe we just can't guard them man to man. Yeah, yeah. You know, and but you only do that on the youth level just because you're trying to win the game. Not the regular season games, but the playoff games. Yeah. You know, you see us like the regular season games before the playoffs of the BGL. We don't run zone like that. Yeah. You know, and even in the even in the playoffs, like I say, if we happen to run a zone, it's a matchup. So it's a big difference because we're the, trying to teach. The number one thing too, though, that's only for the older groups, though. Yeah, fourteen that, up. Yeah, that's fourteen and up. Fourteen up. And eventually, because we're still here, by the time all of our kids get to fourteen, especially the ones now that are starting on 10, 12, and eight, you. Their man-to-man core concepts and understanding are going to be superb. Yep. So even when we put them in the zone, they're going to be better at performing that zone because they understand man-to-man principles yep. and why they have to be in certain positions, yep. right? Yep. And so the the interesting thing here is that the emphasis always has to come back to the same thing. You got to teach. Teach. Yep. You got to teach. But how can you teach something when you don't understand yourself? Right. And so that's where I say, I wonder how we'll get some type of governance, some type of compliance around. Look, if you're going to be here, especially because it's a business now, that's why I'm saying this. It is basketball is a complete business, especially in the grassroots. I got something else for us to respond to from JJ and Franz Wagner, because they were talking about this international thing. They keep saying that the international players are running the league and the basketball and all that, but that is not the case. They're good, they're better, they've gotten in, but we still run it and stuff. But the, one of the biggest differences is, is in the States, in high school, at ninth grade, sometimes even at eighth, you can make a lot of money from basketball, from your likeness, from your branding, everything. And the people around you can do it too. So in order for Rich Paul to be an agent in the NBA, even though he didn't go to school for it or whatever else, he had to go through a certain compliance space. He had to go do something because there's too much money involved, right? And so now at the grassroots, it's it's a lot of money involved. It's a lot of money. So if we're going to have these people coach knowing that this next room generation of kids is going to be the pool we have to choose from to keep the NBA going, right. keep everything afloat. How are we going to make sure that even them, they have at least a basic understanding and not just a certification because they went to a PowerPoint. Cause you said it before, even FIBA courses, not saying FIBA is the, 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 the Holy Bible or Quran or whatever of, of, of basketball, but they at least make you sit and do something practical. Man, they worked my ass off six <laughs> days straight for eight hours each day. No, right. that was tough. Right, right. Like I was, I was physically and mentally exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. But but for somebody who has no understanding, no player background, you didn't do anything from you weren't out, you didn't have a high level coach, you didn't have people around you, you weren't in the mix, as we always say. That's a great start. At least I know you teaching them something. Right? Right. But so so say you have that and everybody's gotta get some type of certification, right? The problem people will still pass that. Yeah. But the problem is policing that. Like even people, most people don't even understand the NCAA for most states would have one or two people covering the whole state. So how are you gonna cover all those universities, division one, division two, division three, NAIA, JUCO? This is impossible. 
So the thing is, even on the grassroots level, it's there's even more teams. And with just say with AAU, right? It used to be, um, it was select players, yeah. right, from regions. You know, so like if you if you were gonna make it from Southwest Georgia, like there was only a couple teams that you yeah. could, you can trial for. But now anybody can have a team because everybody wants their kid to, to play and get a chance, right? So with all the, there's no way to police well, that because you know I we we have no idea what an AAU team in Abu Dhabi would be doing. Yeah, but at, at, at the very least, right? We can at least police those teams that are in those big leagues, right? Um, the Maid League, the EYBL, and they probably already have something there, but at least to start the there, because with all those, you talked about the questions parents ask about who we be playing or whatever else, all of those parents, not, not really understanding, they would expect their kids to play in those bigger type of events, right? And so if you're gonna register to get those kids in those things, I don't, they might not even have this anymore, but the Nike main event tournament, like the, the show, the Vegas, everything for Adidas. Yeah, but, but, see, but even for those, if you gotta put your team in there, cause those is, you talking about now, you talking about branded. But right? it don't even, but, but most of that stuff, with the exception of a few, like the Adidas Super Six, they don't give a shit. Yeah. They'll take anybody because it's a it's a money making thing. Mm -hmm. So now here's the difference: you so you take you take your ragtag team out there, right? You you're not playing Gilbert Arenas as Adidas team. They're gonna put they're gonna be playing right here. Yeah. Um. At on two. on the campus of UNLV or close to it, yeah. and you're gonna be out in Henderson Circus Circus you Hotel. Know, <laughs> you're gonna be out in Henderson playing at 8 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. So they don't care. Yeah, that's it, you know, and then if you happen, you you happen to win your bracket out there, then they'll put you with the big dogs and let you get smoked that first night and get you up out of there. Yeah, you know, I mean, come on, man, that's, that's where, and and then that's where, like I said, they have the the narrative going around, and I've been talking about it before, right? To where they like to continuously say, yeah, the the European players are better, or the European players are this and this and that. They've been taught this and this and that, and. All right, so and I, well, and I'll let this play too, so okay, you can hear. This is going to be. This is uh, from JJ Reddick and uh, Franz Wagner, and the question was posed: Is why does Team USA struggle versus FIBA teams? Right. Um, Just uh, the German team. I, I think there's a number of teams uh, that did this well in the World Cup. Let's say you have an ATO in the NBA. At the time, um, by the way, I'm not complaining off. about any of this. I'm just pointing out some things I've observed that are different. It's all. You might uh, try to get a matchup, right? All right, we're going to run uh, a step up on the right side and get so-and-so to switch on Tatum. Or we might say, like, all right, we're going to have Tatum at the top, and D. White's going to bring his man up and ghost screen Tatum to his right hand. Let's see what happens. The scripted plays for these fucking teams in FIBA. It's like five different actions to get to one last thing that that's what you're actually looking for. That to me was the craziest thing to watch. Not a knock on Steve Kerr, just pointing this out. You watched RAT. I think uh, the coaching piece, um, I think it's just a very different approach to how to coach and yeah, how to just approach the game, I would say. Um, I will say that that's something that like I had to like 
or like I re-noticed, I would say, because I grew up playing like that. Then I went to college. We played different. In the NBA, we played different. Um, and when I came back from my first year for a national team, I was like, yo, this is nice. This is a lot of fun to play like this because it, it makes, like if you can execute those plays, you don't need to make step back threes and make tough shots all game. Like I said, I, I think you do need that at the end of the game sometimes, but um, the that part of the of thinking the game and um, yeah, how coaches can set up players and make them look really, really good. I think that part is really fun of the team. I think uh, naturally in, in the U.S. there's like more of like an individual mentality, and I think we praise like scores. We praise tough bucket getters, and truthfully. Some of these motherfuckers are so good <laughs> that you don't need to run exactly. four misdirections exactly. to create a good shot on offense. And I mean, even even with this you know, USA basketball team, they they practiced for two weeks. They went and played a few exhibition games. Obviously, didn't work out for us. But like, we were still in games, right? Playing that way, it wasn't like we were getting blown out by fifty. You know, so I think I think some of it is just like. Overall talent. This is not, I'm saying overall, top to bottom. You said the on paper, right? One through 12. Probably more talented. And so there's there's not that like desire, like need to like, oh, we got to play this way. Now, it bit us in the ass for sure. <laughs> Naturally. In well, I want to point one thing. Oh, yeah. And this might be an unpopular opinion, but this is not the first tournament where this has happened. I agree. Like even if Team USA won in past years, that was still very apparent. Even the legendary Kobe Bryant 2018, you can look back, I don't know what it was, but they, they didn't win the final by 20 points. They won by like six or eight um, against Spain, who started Ricky Rubio, who's 17. Um, I mean, that that Spanish team is probably the epitome of what we just talked about, yeah. like in terms of how European uh, teams uh, grow up playing. And so I, I'm not, I'm not, the U.S. players individually, like, there's there's no argument who's the most talented country in uh, in basketball. Well, I want to point one thing. Yeah, and then he goes on to talk about later, too, where <clears throat> he didn't run a pick and roll until he got to, to America, right? But when you hear that, right, J.J., shout out to J.J., is definitely a knocking Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is, <laughs> you, you, you handicapped over there. But a lot was said in there, right? Um, coaches traditionally have had systems. Coaches from even from I know from where you've grown up, from what you've watched in the states here, coaches have always had those systems. You talk about how Kenny Anderson, all those guys have always had those systems that held them in. But why did we have to make a change? Okay, though the game has changed in the U.S. the last. 15? 15 years where the guys in college um, and the guys coming to the pros don't have they they have a lot of sets they just they're not held to them all the time mm -hmm. you know and um, I get what they're saying you know because there's there's more individual talent here and as a coach yeah. when your job is on the line this is what you're doing who can I get the ball to at the end of the clock mm -hmm. to get us a bucket. Mm -hmm. And you ain't, you're not worried about how it gets there as long as it gets there, right? And so the European coaches, it's a tough job. 
in comparison, um, but in comparison to the NBA, like it's not a situation where you're like um, Griffin from Milwaukee. He's 30 and 13 or whatever it was, and he lost his job. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So you get a chance to, to coach and teach. You know, not every – if you think about it, in the U.S. right now, there's probably two, maybe – there's three coaches I can think of right now in the NBA that coach and teach almost like a European coach because they don't give a shit. Spolstra. Spolstra, Pop, Pop and the dude from uh, Indiana, Carlisle. Okay. Yeah. It's like you run my shit mm-hmm. or you don't play. Yeah. You know, and they don't they don't care. But they also have – ownership that says this is run your show and that's what it is you know when you think about the european coaches like they're yelling at their players because when they accept the job it's their team nobody bothers them as much you know what i mean and so the players have to fall in line now do they treat some of the um uh some of the incoming former NBA players a little differently, somewhat you have to, but they, that's no different than you having maybe the top player from Spain or Italy on your team or whatever, you know, but, but more, they have more control because those players aren't as individually gifted. Well, so you have to run a system because that's the reason why you made it to the pro level over there. Yeah. I was about to say, you kind of talk about what the makeup of a European team is really like, right? Because, you know, we talk about it here, too. The EuroLeague is coming here. We're asking, like, are they even going to play the local teams? Because, right. you know. <laughs> That's going to be ugly. Yeah, right? So kind of talk about what the makeup of a European team is like. Because JJ said it. And they talk about it. Individually, there is so much talent here. Yeah, yep. So much talent. I mean, you talk about there's people that go to Division three, Division two, NAIA schools or whatever else. And then when they go overseas, they they killing Killing, yeah. killing, right? We see that now, but there's a difference. So with, with a lot of the uh, international teams, especially the European teams, you know, if they're a good team, you're going to probably have one of the top shooting guards from Serbia. Mm-hmm. You're going to have one of the top small forwards from Germany. You're going to have one of the top, um, just, say you're, just say you're currently playing in, say, in Italy. You know, you're going to have a... a um, you know, a couple of the top players there. But the players that you're getting at that pro level have been pros for five or six years. Mm-hmm. So they're starting, they're getting a much earlier start in terms of how to be a professional, um, learning systems, being held accountable, because they're basically getting paid to do it. Yes. You know, and so, so, you know, when you get there, you know, it's a little easier to coach somebody who's a little more mature and a little more experienced in what they need to do. Yeah. You know, um, our grassroots level is AAU basketball. Man. So you're just playing. And and you, know? you told me that if you if in certain places, in certain countries, if I don't see anything in you by 13, I'm just going to make you go get a, go, go to a different sport, and I'm just going to take these core group of guys because yeah. they already have some. More so like around 15, 16? Yeah. If they don't see, you're done. Yeah. So there's no it's no late bloomer shit, none of that. Yeah. No, you're done. You know, um, and that's kind of disheartening because there's some kids who are late bloomers. Yeah. You know, that need a, they need a second look. They need a little more time. But they have already identified who they're going to go and and nurture along the way 
to make the pro level, you know. And so people look at the uh, the international games. Let me say this. <laughs> Kobe and those guys may not have blown somebody out, but also Kobe was on the team with a lot of younger guys, mm-hmm. you know. And you got to think that's when things started to change because guys were getting so much success early on and so much money. People don't understand, like, if you play in the NBA and you were, say you were a former college All-American or you went straight from uh, straight out of high school to the NBA and you're all of a sudden making $100 million. And, and this is no disrespect um, to anybody, but I want to be honest. You can't expect someone who's under the age of 25 that's making that kind of money to take an international game in the summertime serious. away from the NBA as serious as somebody who is playing for another country and they're trying to beat the USA. Yeah. Because remember, the, the NBA in the USA is like the top of the basketball world. Yeah. So everybody's trying to beat us, but our guys aren't really concerned because they're like, it doesn't matter. We already know where the better team. And so that's why I said, you know, after the dream team kicked everybody's ass, they should have just completely gone back to having our college kids play. Yeah. You know, and if we lose, we lose. But that would have helped what? Grassroots basketball. Yeah. You know, because we we sent our pros, oh, now we know we can just show up, practice for like a week. And then go win. And then go play and, and win. But we can't do that anymore because – one, the mentality's changed a little bit more, um, and the money has definitely changed because you you think you think Trey Young is gonna want to give up his summer to go play against Germany? He, he come on, man. Yeah, he yeah. That, I mean, good, I, right? yeah, you want to play for Team USA, but like maybe yeah. probably this year yeah. there's a little extra behind. Yeah, it's a little extra, but but yeah. the, but the problem now is. The teams that the 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 USA team that the international teams face in is gonna look completely different. Different. Because if the Avengers go over there, uh-huh. it's gonna get ugly. Yeah, yeah. You know, so different energy. <laughs> because even then, if you think about it, if there had been a few changes, or maybe the the roster would have been a little bit different. Smoke. We went. We win that. We win it anyway. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it's it's, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. And then I, I want to point out too, though, like. Basketball is such a business in America from the beginning. Yeah. From the beginning. You're talking about kids is worrying about branding. They're worrying about the public perception. They're worrying about being looked at as certain type of players. Like that's for it's early now. It's 13, yeah. 14. Yeah. Like it's not the same type of game. And everybody around them <laughs> is looking at it like, hey, we supposed to have this is like a corporation. It's like a business. And we're all got our hands tied within it. Mom, dad, handler. Coach, yeah, you know, it's, it's, like school, yeah. like everything. People people play basketball in every other country in the world. But in the U.S., it's like everybody's trying to monetize it. From, trying to change their life. By the time the kid is six years old, seven, somebody's trying to monetize it. Man. So it just messes the game up, man. That's that's where that's where it's like, it's interesting for me to think about. I look at my son now, you know, nine months old. My my boy, my one of my best friends from school, I think his baby boy just turned one. And... I, I talked to him because uh, Two Chains had his was at the video at, uh, at his son game. <laughs> you know they play they young, so they play with the rims a little bit lower, right? Two Chains on the side, yeah, Slim, yeah, going crazy, right? 
And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm talking to my boy. I said, so how long you got? My boy was like, for real, we probably just going to do all training and not too many games because people like overplaying stuff. And I'm sitting here thinking about how I want to even implement that because obviously you're going to be around the game because you're here. But I don't want it to be limiting to think that like, yo, this is the only option. This is what we're going to do and that's it. Of course, I want you to love it and enjoy it. But like this, this certain part about the game that gets got to be pure. You know what I'm saying? Just a certain part of it, you just got to let that that fire burn because it goes away after college for sure, right? right? That's what we all grow up knowing, that like basketball is never the same once you leave college. The atmosphere is just different because there's different things at stake. But now if you got to get that feeling in high school, like you don't even get a chance to really like, like appreciate it. So it's like, hmm, we'll see. You know, somebody got to do something to recreate some stuff like, we just need to have those like those fighting titans that camera crazy like that type of energy. Just put that in a bottle <laughs> and just pass that on for each generation. But you know we like to rant about that. You mentioned it, you know, so we got to go back and double back. Bucks fire Adrian Griffin after a thirty and thirteen start, and you know everybody knows he's interviewed for fourteen different jobs before getting this head job here. Giannis came around later and said that, hey, we loved him, you know, like, loved him, you know. Man, shut you know, up. So, Doc Rivers was named the midseason coach, and it came out that Doc was giving him some consultation throughout this season. That's the setup. Because uh, they said that he, was doing, he wasn't doing well defensively, um, which – you know who they lost, Coach? Man. You know who they lost in the trade? It's, yeah, as soon, they got rid of, <laughs> as soon as they got rid of Holiday, that's your perimeter D right there. Gone. You know what I'm saying? Especially since, you know, Grayson Allen is gone too. Oh, like, well, yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah. Um, and so you, Dante DiVincenzo. Was DiVincenzo with the Bucks last year? I think he was. Or the year before. Yeah, the year before. Okay. And so, but you lost some youth that you had on the wing. And now all you got, Chris Middleton is hurt. And you oh, don't have yeah. Any, yeah. So... Uh, what what are you what are you looking at when you see this right here, King? I'm I'm looking at this right here as a prime example of um some frustrations between coach and star player. Yeah. And it's spilling over into management and management said we gotta make a decision. Yeah. Who makes more? Who's got more star power? Who means more to the organization? All right, Giannis, what you wanna do? All right, Adrian, sorry. Yeah. You know, it's your first head coaching job. You know, we expect to win a championship or bust. And um, we're going to pay you, but, you know, this just isn't working out. And so now we bring in Doc, who has had his shortcomings, of course, right? But they're looking at it as like, okay, maybe he can handle this team a little bit better. But, like, man, it's, you can't say before Adrian Griffin gets fired, I mean, hired, that that's my guy. And then now, you know, 30 and 13, you say, you have little, you know, sound bites where you're saying, like, you know, coaching needs to be better. You know, they, they had they had an issue with Bobby Porter yeah. earlier in the year, like right before, maybe during the uh, Las Vegas tournament, where he spazzed out in the locker room on him, on the coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, yeah. like yeah. it. So Giannis, you shouldn't have endorsed him if you knew he was going to be a rookie coach, and you won't go ride. Yeah, because it's a tough situation for anybody. Well, they're saying that the Bucks were treating it as if they didn't expect to get Dame, and so they hired him before they traded. And didn't think that it would be like win now situation like this. I'm but like, it wouldn't even. That's for me. That's stupid because 
with Drew there, you're still one of the better teams in the East. Whenever you got Giannis, you expected to try to win a chip. Yeah. It's, period. It's just crazy. So this the this the thing. People are killing Doc Rivers. Killing Doc Rivers. Yeah. You see it going around. Like, yeah, yeah. And 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 you got I know you got a difference of opinion on that one. Like, listen, I understand you you go up three one and you lose. It's trust me, that's devastating. And he's done it three times, I think. Snipes, you gotta look that up. How many times has uh, he, he squandered a three-one lead? I know for sure with the Clippers. The Clippers, yeah. Um, with Philly recently, right? Philly, yep. But you know they gave up on my boy. Yeah. Yeah, they gave up on him a couple of times. So the the whole thing is like with Doc. Yes, you are the captain of the ship, right? But it's three. It's one of three, right? But Two of those three times, two of those three times, what is he? What adjustment are you supposed to make when your star guy doesn't show up? Like that's what that's the question I have for everybody that's 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 on his case, you know? Because you think you think he's going into the game saying that, yeah, and B, you know, he's not he's only gonna have thirteen points. Nobody's going into a game thinking that. You're going into the game thinking that. My stars are going to be stars the way they've been to get us to this point. My role players are going to be role players the way they've been to get us to this point. And when when something, especially your star, doesn't show up, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, because you're talking about you three you three one. Yeah. You only need to win one game. Right. Right. And so when we talk about stars, stars not showing up. That's Blake Griffin. Yeah. That's Joel and B. And, and, and hey, and I'm glad you said that because a lot of heat goes on Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. That's not on Chris Paul for carrying the load when Blake Griffin was the star and CP was playing with injuries. Yeah. Like there's been moments where that's that's on Blake. And like I said, Doc shouldn't take yes, he's the captain of ship. He's gonna have to eat that. But listen, it, they get to the they get to the Eastern Conference Finals this year, right? If they do that, right? And just say, just say they go up 3-1. They go up 3-1. And the next two games, Giannis has less than 20 points. Yeah. Who is that on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But stuff, but the schemes and Dane, are, and Dane. Yep. And, and, and the schemes are still being run for you. But if you don't put the ball in the hole, mm. come on, man. Mm. Like every all of it is not just Doc, you know. Yeah. So what do you think he does? What do you think he does? I don't know because he's right now. Because one, like, let's be real. Is the identity of the team going to change defensively with Dame taking Drew's place? It 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 can't get so much better because Dame is not at that point in his career where he's going to be carrying the load offensively. Yeah. And the, that, come on, man, that shit's over. And so, you know, you talked about Grayson Allen being gone, mm-hmm. which I completely forgot about that because he was one of their perimeter defenders. Are, is Doc going to be able to get the other guys to put in a little more effort defensively? Do they make a trade? Now, I don't know who they go get. Well, that's my point. Like They might they might make a trade, get something you know, going. You know. it's, it's that time of the year. It's all-star season two. They announced the all-star starters. Um, Giannis and LeBron are the captains again. Um, starters this time around for the East, you got Embiid, Tatum, Tyrese Halliburton, 
and Dame Lillard, with Giannis. Brunson's not in there? Brunson's not in there. Dame is over Brunson. But Brunson's on, he's on the he'll team. Probably be, he'll probably be, okay. but he's not a starter. Okay, yeah, starter. yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Um, starters for the West. Kevin Durant, LeBron, of course, the Joker, Luka, and SGA. Dang, right? that's is tough. Man. And so, you know, I can't really complain about those. LeBron is now in his 20th R-Star selection for most all time. Um, Damn. He's going to be in Indiana. You know, an interesting Who did place. he pass? Who was 19? You know who he passed. Captain. Cap, okay. Yeah, he passed Captain, man. Damn. So That's crazy. Yeah, what is... What? Well, well not, that ain't really crazy because LeBron's been playing at a high level. What's crazy is he had 36, 20 of them night. That's the other thing. LeBron could play. I don't. We, 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 I didn't say anything about the Lakers the whole episode. They <laughs> said that about the Lakers the whole episode. <laughs> I was trying to stick on it, but like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it at all. Um, I said if if LeBron, if he continues to stay healthy, right, and they can lighten his load a little bit, LeBron could play another six years. Play, because play 45. Because he could play. He could play another year or two perimeter-wise. Yeah. But then the next three or four, he could do post work. Yeah. You know, if he were, you know, if he decides. We got to get some game first. Yeah. Yeah, but he can't just do that. What, what did um Kenny say? The pickup, pull up. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny said he's ready to get back on the pod. Too. I, I saw him the other night. Yeah. He was saying that. Yeah, I said I thought we'd get him on soon. But man, <laughs> you that, that's we're gonna end it right there because you know the Lakers sent me to a whole different the pickup, pull up. Man, unreal, unreal. And he really be killing people with that too, which is crazy. <laughs> so BTG Nation, man, we got back in the stool for you. We dropped, we talked a little bit, did what we could. You know, it's always good energy. You know how it is. We're about to wrap it up with the post-game wrap-up. OG, what you got? Um, something I just put on my wall recently mm -hmm. from Nick Saban. You know, um, you know, he just retired, so you may not get we may not get anything from him. So everything yeah. I, I've been going back and looking at stuff. And um he was uh referencing this to um unrealistic fans, um, alumni and parents. <laughs> and he said, you forget about all the good wins and you only remember the one bad loss. Mm. And I was like, man, that's deep because, uh, because I put that in reference to us, like we deal with, you know, people's kids and everything. And, you know, and I, and I, I did say this to a parent the other day, I said, hey, you know, you're a little upset right now um, because, you know, your kid didn't make the team. That's not the end of the world. We've given you some some notes on, on things that, you know, he or she could improve on. And I said, you know, they're still getting better. I said, think about where they where they started and where they are now. You know, and it's something to be proud about because you've seen the difference not only on the court, okay, but off the court and in other other spaces, right? And I just said, think about all the good things that have come about being in our program compared to one instance where your kid was disappointed and didn't make the team. So now that kid is going to take that being in our environment and do what? Use it as motivation. And then we'll see what happens from there. So, so that Nick Saban thing hit me, hit me deep, man. Hit me deep. Man, my, my voice is about to get out of here, so... I'm gonna let Pat McAfee go ahead and take us out on this one right here. 
Sometimes the things that you have no idea about. Praise mine. That's the funny thing about life. Sometimes the things that you have no idea about that happen turn into be great things. So just live in the moment. Don't try to forecast what the future will be too much because then you're going to find yourself worrying about what it might not be. We have no idea what that is. In the past, move past it. Learn from it. Keep it moving. And enjoy the hell out of right now. Because that's what it's all about. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice that might change your life. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Damn, he said like three things we need. (laughs) Keep going, keep going, keep going. BTG Nation, that's it for today. You know where to find us in Dubai, Hoop Mountain, DXB, Hoop Mountain, that AE. Look us up. We're here for you. Like, subscribe, share, comment, do all that good stuff for the pod. Keep it real, keep it simple, and keep going. From player and coach to brother to brother They both got views that you need to discover From sports, current events to just life talk Whether you on a fast break or a nice walk Gotta tune in, you already know G This BTG Nation and you one of the homies Just tune in, you already know G BTG Nation, the other ones in the nosebleeds